to the Astrology Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana, and today we'll be discussing the 8th house in astrology. Um, I'm really excited about today because the 8th house is actually a really pivotal house, has a lot to do with shared income, long-term income, long-term relationships, uh, long-term, like, you know, like the agreement to stay with someone for an extended period of time, right? Um, and also, it can indicate fears, traumas, things like that. So it is a really interesting house in astrology when it comes to kind of deep diving deeper into yourself and also how we transform ourselves. So it's one of my favorite houses in astrology. As always, this bears repeating in my astrology house series. But again, a quick note I want to express before we get into it is that it's important to note that all natal chart placements are interpreted by various astrologers differently. That's why so many astrologers may define different placements so differently. <laughs> I think it's important to listen to many different interpretations so you can see which vibes best with you and also get a better well-rounded idea of what may be indicated for each placement in your chart. And finally, keep in mind that the 8th house is only one area of your chart. And without considering all placements and aspects, it can only represent a small piece of the wider vision that makes up you and your life. And since so many people find the 8th house so frightening, I want to begin by saying that we cannot avoid the difficult aspects of life, but they are not who we are. Our charts are not who we are, and they do not represent us. In fact, our chart is more like the conditions of the house in which our soul is residing during this current incarnation, as well as a potential roadmap for this lifetime's potential for success. So keep that in mind with any placements that are more difficult. Um, that it's just sort of giving you an idea of what the conditions and struggles might be, but it's not necessarily a reflection of you. <clears throat> okay, so in astrology, the eighth house is a succedent house. It's commonly known as the house of power in astrology or the house of sex and is natively ruled by the water sign of Scorpio and the planet Pluto. Things that end up falling in this house include experiences with money, specifically shared resources, sex, control, feelings of power or powerlessness, and how we experience metaphorical or literal death and regeneration within our lives, and how those experiences have the potential to empower us. The eighth house will describe relationships to some extent, especially as they relate to shared resources, power struggles, and the business side of marriage, such as joint bank accounts, shared investments like property, wills, divorces, and great business relationships as well that are also platonic. So it doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, have to be somebody you're married to or someone that's romantically involved with you um, and specifically those relationships that are platonic uh, usually there's like a power dynamic there so they might not be split down the middle for example the business relationships between an agent and a creative where one might work on commission and the power dynamic between the two parties is not quite even it also rules our over our most deep and lasting bonds so like I said um, even though the seventh house rules our relationships our long-term relationships um, the eighth house sort of, uh, when you hit the eighth house on your relationship, it's like a deep and lasting bond you've achieved with someone that has a level of intimacy. Okay. And even shared finance, right? The eighth house is one of the money houses in astrology alongside the second house of income ruled by Scorpio's opposite, the sign of Taurus. However, the eighth house represents and reigns over money. We save for the long-term growth or with someone else. And many people say it's the house of other people's money, namely your spouse or your families, so it can rule over things like inheritance and legacies. Um, and this can include things like real estate and stock investment, inheritance, like I just said, <laughs> royalty, commissions, 
um, as well as on the flip side, um, credit card debt, taxes, wills, inheritance, um, possibly the money you want to claim in a court from another person. So if you go to court and fight over who this money belongs to, might land in the eighth house. Um, and one that might require contractual agreements and legal representation. So it can also include lump sums of cash we receive and rules over shared legacies and heritages as well, the things we inherit from our parents and familial lines. Sometimes that can be like specifically uh, features or um, characteristics that we've inherited from them, but it can also just mean like money, homes, real estate, investment bonds, things like that. The eighth house also rules over death, which can intimidate and scare some people, but death and all its attachments are simply a part of the human experience, for better or worse. In the eighth house, death offers us an opportunity to rise like a phoenix from the ashes. I feel like that's the best metaphor for the eighth house, is a phoenix rising from the ashes, and it's exactly what happens in the eighth house is how we're defeated or how we are, you know, metaphorically killed and how we come back stronger from those experiences so you know we rise like a phoenix from the ashes and experience a rebirth a regeneration and a transformation where we are empowered by our experiences even from and especially from the most painful ones and the eighth house rules over all those conflicting feelings of grief obsession anger revenge fantasies and denial which might come up during the grief process following death literal death but sometimes metaphorical, right? Like you can have a grief process when your relationship ends or when you have a falling out with someone. So those are all things to consider. The eighth house is the third succeeding house of the four succeeding houses in astrology alongside the second, fifth, and 11th houses in astrology in a birth chart. And they sit in between more action-oriented angular houses and the tradition uh, transition cadent houses. <laughs> Succeeding houses are very similar to the fixed signs in the zodiac because they allow us to take the ideas we form in the angular houses and manifest them in the material world. And in the case of the eighth house, we're using strategic long-term partnerships, investments, our ability to regenerate, and our personal power or willpower. The eighth house also reigns over sexuality and transformation, especially those of a spiritual intimate kind. This sexuality is not the casual fun kind like that would be found in the fifth house, but it's the deep intimate connections we form between souls through our sexual experiences and close bonds. So our sexual nature shows up in the eighth house. And sometimes people refer to this as again, the sex house in astrology, but it's not really referring to physical arousal or surface level attraction and appeal. Like those types of sexual topics land in the second house and the fifth house respectively, but the eighth house copes with the unspoken the intangible and the all-consuming chemistry we might experience with another person, the kind that creates a magnetism that we may obsess over, ruminate on, and could bring us to spiritual ecstasy in some cases such as like tantra, fetishes, sexual taboo, and kinks. And in the eighth house, feelings are intense, sharp, deep, penetrating, and heightened. It's one of the three water houses in the natal chart alongside the fourth and twelfth houses making the eighth house a place of cultivation for deep emotional growth and intelligence. Whatever is a transformational encounter can be found here in the eighth house. You could make the argument that the deepest levels of love reside in the eighth house. 
After all, it's here in the eighth house that deep sexual passion, intimacy, and that mysterious force of attraction between people and the subsequent long-term bonds formed far outweigh the impact of love in the fifth or even the seventh houses. So like I was saying, um, you know, even though the fifth house is like casual sex or it's even like the courting, wooing, dating part of a relationship, the beginning stages of passion and pleasure. And the seventh house is like that commitment you make to another person and you're forming that bond with them. The eighth house is like bringing things so much deeper. So if that makes sense, it's sort of like the next stage in the evolution of a relationship. If you've been together that long or if the levels of that relationship have truly deepened to a, a more spiritual level at that point. And even with shared finances, right? Like when you share an account with someone, that will definitely take your relationship to the next level. So add to that, there's a fine line between deeply felt passionate love and attraction and hate and repulsion. Like, don't you think? Um, I think that, you know, we always say there's a fine line between love and hate. And in the eighth house, you can definitely see that uh, fine line a lot more, uh, a lot more apparently than in other houses. Okay, the eighth house rules death and destruction, rebirth and regeneration. How well do we bounce back and resurrect ourselves after deep and penetrating loss, pain, or trauma? How do we find the power, the passion, or meaning in our most painful experiences? And how do these experiences help us to find life's meaning? People often find that the eighth house is a shadow or deepest, darkest part of a person's chart because it rules over death. But it would be extremely short-sighted to look at this house and find only difficulties. In fact, you could actually find riches here, um, especially if you think about the metaphor of Pluto being the god of the underworld. People were, you know, supposedly even too scared to say his name aloud um, for fear of, like, you know, uh, invoking retribution. But really, he also ruled over, like, deep riches like earth minerals and gold and things like that. So you can find riches here in the eighth house. So it can show how one experiences death metaphorically and how we regenerate from those experiences as a result. And regeneration can often lead to transformation, and this empowers us if we let it. For the most part, the eighth house is discussing symbolic endings, not literal ones. So, you know... I don't want to speak for every chart in existence, but most of the time, like, you're not going to find, like, how you die here. You're going to find how we regenerate and how our painful experiences build us up. The eighth, eighth house is also considered one of the entry points into the spiritual world in the birth chart and therefore is heavily associated with the occult magic and witchcraft. Yeah, this is definitely, like, another house that we associate with witchcraft and the magic and the occult. Um, alongside like the 12th house, you know, which is more like dissolving into the collective. Um, whereas this is more like, what are the mysteries of life type house? Um, some view the eighth house as a door to other universes, a key to the mysteries of life, a place where the meaning of life might be discovered and a place where deep truths might be uncovered. Why are we here? What does it all mean? Why were we born in this time and place? And why do we die? Here in the eighth house, we might question those things related to hidden knowledge and wisdom to the deeper questions in life. And in the ninth house, we might discover those answers. So you can see how a natal chart wheel, um, especially if you compare it to like the journey of the fool in tarot, how it takes us on this journey of growth over and over and over with each year of our lives and how each house previous will build on each house. So like 
the first house developing your identity, the second house developing your self-worth, possibly through income, possibly through how you make money um, and your relationship to finance. <clears throat> and then, you know, the third house, how we communicate those things and learn from others and build on those skills. Fourth house, how we build stability and security through our home and our family and what they have, te have to teach us fifth house you know how we enact those things through acts of creative self-expression and how we go and love other people based on our home experiences um, you know and then sixth house how we work what are our routines based on um, what is our health like based on those previous experiences you know in seventh house how do we relate to others what's our approach to relationships and now we arrive in the eighth house where we deal with the painful experiences of life and gain wisdom through them optimally Okay, so <clears throat> it is a house of collective wisdom, similar to the 12th house, as I said. However, the 8th house is a fixed entrance to the spiritual via actions, and the passage through the 12th house is less fixed because it's a water mutable house and more a place where we dissolve into our, where our entry lies in our intuition and the collective conscious and our subconscious broadly. So the 8th house is more of a fixed entrance to spirituality through our efforts and actions and the 12th house is more like tapping into your intuition your wisdom and the collective for like you know collective consciousness collective healing dissolving boundaries things like that and in the eighth house we also find things we must let go of and leave behind it expresses that life involves sacrifice and release with the higher state of self-transformation being the ultimate goal here uh, we might actualize our greatest potential and that will inevitably include leaving something behind, an experience which may lead to grief and inner conflict, but once dealt with shall allow us to move on to something new and transcend, transcend onto a higher place of existence in some cases. You know, when you go through, go through something and it's very difficult um, and it involves leaving something or someone behind involves a kind of sacrifice it does allow us to often actualize our greatest potential. Um, but we do go through those periods of grief and inner conflict because it can be difficult to do those things. However, while we're letting go of one thing, situation or person, we're also able to reclaim our energy and find that now somehow it's been transformed and empowers us. The eighth house and Pluto can relate back to our deeply rooted fears and paranoias such as jealousy, revenge, control, crime, and darker aspects of psychology. Planets in the 8th house are important because benefic planets can indicate that a person has an easier time being approved for loans, credit, or getting money from other people, or convincing others to let them borrow or have their money. Uh, more difficult aspects, commonly called malefics, can create conditions wherein a person has a difficult time paying their debts off or getting money broadly, like getting approved for loans and things like that. Depending on the planets placed in the 8th house, we can understand the monetary circumstance of our potential long-term partners, familial legacies, material and spiritual, inheritances, inheritances, and other monetary gifts or burdens. And on the flip side, specific planets or signs placed in the 8th house can indicate if a person is artistically inspired by their darkest experiences, how they might express their sexuality, or even if they are drawn to darker styles and aesthetics. So I'm not going to go into each sign too deeply here because that's going to be in a separate future episode, hopefully. But here's a quick breakdown into what each sign in the 8th house could indicate. If you have Aries or Mars in the 8th house, 
This placement can create a constant seeking for personal transformation. These people might begin new projects or initiate anything new, which can be considered their personal superpower here. Finishing, however, is another story. And these people might experience passionate love and bursts, which peak and then dissipate just as quickly. And this is a placement which must accept that control is an illusion and chaos is inevitable, especially in transformative moments. When this placement confronts their inner demons, they can truly experience transformation. They must become fearless in the face of the new and not be afraid to take the lead. And these people must be careful to avoid being driven by a sense of like vengeance or power seeking, needing to prove that you're the best at any cost or forcing other people to do things your way. The point here is relinquishing the need for constant control and manifesting good things into life will become easy. And this is a placement that fears appearing weak, losing control, or just losing generally, being trapped, letting their guard down, or losing their identity or independence. Okay, so if you have Taurus or Venus in a day chart, specifically in the eighth house, this planet, uh, planet, placement, <laughs> wants to maintain harmony and balance. And this person's superpower is to make other people feel at ease. However, the person themselves might deal with a great deal of discomfort themselves. These people could equate passionate love with material security and stability. However, it's essential to create this for themselves and others, which is the key to allowing themselves to find love with another slowly and gradually. And it could be that this person did not feel like they were worthy of their parents. And the point here is to build self-value and security. Overcoming people-pleasing and buying material items to make this placement feel more secure and comfortable could be issues that need addressing. And this placement should not seek value or validation outside of themselves. It will only be achieved from within by truly loving and valuing themselves without overdoing it, such as laziness, self-indulgence, or overspending, etc. And the key here is to ma master their superpower of bringing serenity for others and themselves. And this is a placement that fears taking risks, sudden change, loss of money or possessions, or losing security, stability, or comfort by any means. Okay, if you have Gemini or Mercury in, this, in the eighth house, this placement often brings a duality that once mastered will create a person who is a master of manifestation. Gosh, what a great placement. They associate sexual love with communication and mental stimulation. If you meet someone who you can talk to for hours on end, love is sure to manifest. The path to love for these people is one conversation at a time. There is a need to understand that the world is a social network of relationships and the understanding of these con connections must not be misused. Otherwise, the consequences are likely to be difficult to surpass. So, you know, these are people who have a gift for communicating and connecting with others, but if they use those powers for uh, ill intentions, then it can really backfire on them. And these people are gifted with powerful thoughts, but if their thoughts are particularly troubled, it can wreak absolute havoc in their lives. So, you know, in this case, you are what you think is like a lot more true for these people. Uh, for these people, their thoughts possess an intense power and they need to master their mind and subconscious space or it will get, get the best of them. This placement has the gift of words and can blend with the minds of others, but they might get lost if they're not too careful. They really need to know who they are. There's a need to care, take care when putting their intentions out into the world, when interacting with others, and they should be careful and you know about their obsessive thought patterns or obsessing too much on things. Some things are simply beyond our understanding and this must be accepted. This placement, uh, if you have Cancer or the Moon in the 8th house, 
This placement indicates a strong karmic link to a person's ancestral past and a deep connection to it. They associate the sense of being family with deep, passionate love. So at the point that a person becomes family in their eyes, the feeling of love for them will become passionate and intense. And it's likely that they'll fall in love with someone from childhood or who they've known for years, um, perhaps someone from their same town or neighborhood or school. And the point is for that familial feeling to be present in any case, like whatever it is, um, that you just have that feeling that you've known them for a long time, even if you haven't. And at that stage, there'll be unshakable loyalty and bonding with the other person, especially when creating a home together. And these people are able to build sincere, strong, and powerful connections with others. However, it's accompanied by a great fear of abandonment, possibly from parental abandonment issues, especially from their mother. Um, and they may avoid making connections with, with people in order to avoid their fears. But in fact, they need to develop a strong sense of intuition and discernment in order to develop relationships with the right people in their lives. Um, and there will be a need to be a lot of forgiveness for the past for themselves and others. Compassion and acceptance of their emotions is the key here and they shouldn't obsess over the past either. Okay, if you have the sun or Leo in the eighth house, this placement indicates a lot of tension when the sun lands in a house that pretty much prefers darkness. So there's an association with the sense of dignity and personal worth with love. If they're sexually attracted to a person, these people will develop deep, passionate feelings of love if that person makes them feel dignified or even worshipped. And there's a need for your partner to constantly recognize and nurture, nurture that sense of dignity in this placement. And that allows the heart to open and give immense love. If they do not nurture the sense of dignity enough, there will be all kinds of emotional provocations to capture their partner's attention, especially acting dramatically, doing something unexpected, or wanting lots of, or like wanting lots of affection or giving lots of affection. And love is expressed through affection, protection, and dramatic performance. So take care not to allow this need for recognition to become your weakness as anyone who treats you this way and knows of your need will learn to manipulate you. Um, these people may desire to keep themselves and their identity hidden, especially their childlike spirit and love and passion for things. And the lesson here is to learn to let others in and allow others to support you and not deal with everything alone. Once these people can allow their inner child out to play, they have a great deal of expressive energy, creativity, and optimism that can be released. And their self-expression can be an, an incredible release and escape from the burden of their emotions. It's possible their parents required them to grow up too quickly and did not allow them to be children, and that's how this sort of developed. Okay, if you have Virgo or Mercury in the eighth house, this placement indicates a lot of anxiety and a tendency and a tendency to overanalyze everything that they will likely internalize to avoid burdening others. Sexual love might be viewed in a very analytical way for these people. Things in their long-term partnerships and relationships need to make sense, otherwise they might just be turned off and disconnected from them. They have a way of separating their emotions from themselves in order to view them in a more controlled and detached manner, and these people will express deep love through acts of service and helping their partners in a practical way like by cleaning, cooking, or running errands. They are also very picky when it comes to choosing a partner and have a long list of standards that need to be met to even be considered worth pursuing. And these people might be obsessed with solving problems almost to an extreme. However, they are gifted with immense healing powers and are able to find solutions very well. 
They might have issues with feeling out of control, being uneasy or feeling unsafe and need to, like things like meditation and spirituality in order to find calm within. Their own skepticism is usually standing in the way of their own path to peace. So they need to do those self-care, mental relaxation exercises in order to find it for themselves. There can be a tendency to hyperfixate on the problems of others in order to forget their own. So the key here is to take care of their own well-being and allow things to be instead of always looking for solutions. Like some things just cannot be solved or they're not yours to solve and there won't be a need to drop that burden. All right, so if you have Libra or Venus in a night chart in the eighth house, this placement gives these people a lot of influence over other people in their one-on-one -on -one interactions. These people are masterful at attracting others into their lives and easing the emotional burdens of others. They associate sexual love with compromising their own needs to benefit their partner or for the betterment of their union. And they hope their partner will do the same for them as well and are always willing to meet them halfway. They believe that true love is a give and take to find harmony and attain long-term strength, passion, and love. These people must take care not to compromise too much though because they tend to overdo it and overgive and then be like resentful later. Um, <clears throat> these are people who understand the importance of compromise in any strong partnership and using these powers with bad intentions can come back to them so they should definitely be careful and use those powers with others wisely. Their relationships have the capacity tr to transform them for better or worse and they can feel bonds intensely with others which can be exhausting at times and people might obsess over them or the person themselves could simply obsess over being liked by everyone which could cause them issues so those are things to look out for. And these people will do anything to maintain peace and harmony in their lives, even sacrificing their own personal autonomy in the process, um, which is not great. <laughs> it's possible their parents had a discordant relationship and were never willing to compromise and find peace in the relationship. So it is really important for these people to uh, find a way to compromise without compromising their own personal uh, autonomy and freedom. <clears throat> Okay, if you have Scorpio or Pluto in the 8th house, this placement is at home here because the 8th house is natively ruled by Pluto and Scorpio respectively. And these people associate sexual love with emotional intensity, mystery, and complexity. If intensity is not present for them, then neither is love. Sparks need to be present in order for these people to fall in love with someone, and it's the only way they're willing to go all in. They often jump into relationships quickly because of this tendency and can jump in and out of relationships if things don't work out the way they expect. Once they love, they will also find it hard to let go as their love is very de deep, complex, and all-consuming. They also experience passionate love in extremes of both emotional euphoria and emotional pain. They consider both necessary parts of experiencing their love for, some, for another person. And in this position, these people seek emotional power and to discover the secrets of life and death, the change and evolution within nature. And the lesson here is to learn to surrender to these cycles. The power of this placement is using the soul's energy to transform themselves by confronting the powers of the unconscious. And it's not an easy placement in that it seeks to overcome death and not fall back into unconsciousness. However, healing the split in the psyche, however frightening, will reveal immense rewards in the end. Um, and Again, this is a domicile placement, but it doesn't make it any easier because it is already such a difficult placement and it is asking 
those with displacement to basically confront the powers of the unconscious, which can be very difficult in any case. Okay, if you have Sagittarius or Jupiter in the eighth, this placement lends a person who's very passionate about personal freedom and has a gift for finding their way to personal enlightenment and higher knowledge once they broaden their horizons. They might struggle to open their minds to things, but once they do, they'll be shot into the future like a rocket. And their ideals for great love are approached like a journey with no end and a great adventure. As long as things remain fresh with their partner and they continue exploring new things together, passion stays strong. And the experience of adventure and discovery is what really engages them fully. The journey of discovering their partner can be all-encompassing, mental, physical, emotional, and cultural, and even geographical. Um, you know, any kind of Sagittarius placement kind of deals with somebody who's interested in other cultures. And this could be long-term bonds with people from other cultures um, than your own or uh, people who live in other places than where you're originally from. And exploring various avenues together is what deepens love for these people. So spending time discussing things like philosophy, beliefs, travel, culture, exploring each other sexually, or even just exploring various culture, cultural activities are what bring these people closer with others and they might be obsessed with living life to the fullest and have a sense of unrealistic optimism that leads them to feel trapped in their own psyche and they might feel cursed if their idealistic expectations are not met the key here is to find peace with the realities of being an imperfect human in an imperfect world and the pain of their experiences will grant them deep wisdom if they learn to work with the energies here they must free themselves from emotional burdens by opening their minds, accepting the good and bad in the universe, and offer help to others on their journey as well. Because Sagittarius uh, in this placement is, you know, the wise sage and often, you know, represents teaching. So sort of sharing their wisdom with others can be a huge part of transformation for them. <coughs> okay, if you have Capricorn or Saturn in the eighth, this placement will put these people through quite a lot as the powers of Pluto and Saturn combine here in a really strong way. But in the end, these people rise from the ashes, having overcome many challenging challenges that require self-mastery of them. Each transformation makes them more solid, wise beyond their years, and this placement is quite demanding, which forces them to renew their lives and identity quite frequently. They associate deep sexual love with achievements and sometimes even status or material gain. It might also be that they pair up with someone who they feel is accomplished or can help them accomplish something uh, in the partnership together or even someone who's older. Um, love is not so much romantic as it is about making a long-term agreement with your partner to manifest material things or accomplish things together. Feelings of accomplishment turn these people all the way on. Sex and business go hand in hand, so they might have a tendency to find partners at work or to work with them or on business ventures. Uh, and in order for long-term partnerships to work, these people need long-term plans and goals with their lovers to be intertwined with their own. They sort of just can't unwind work and personal life. It's like going to go hand in hand for them. Um, there could be an age gap between themselves and their partners, someone younger or older who brings either <clears throat> an accomplishment to want to feel more like youthful and carefree or an accomplishment to want to feel older, more established, more mature and depending on whatever like phase they are in life. Uh, and these people can be obsessed at being the best at everything, influencing others, um, impressing their father, or even seeking to best their father in some extremes. 
The lesson here is to learn that the outcome cannot always be changed, but they will be changed by the experience. And they have to learn to build a solid foundation for themselves so that they're immovable, immovable when inevitable shakeups arrive. These people might have had parents who were too controlling or stuck in the same cycles and traditional ways of doing things. Okay, if you have Aquarius or Uranus in the eighth house, this placement is enthusiastic about coming together with others. And when it comes to deep sexual love, they associate that with the feelings of freedom and unique individuality and often friendship. These people seek freedom by loving someone and they are not the typical partners in the slightest. They might have relationships that are completely out of the conventional sense and they're perfectly fine doing what fulfills them, even if it's fringe or frowned upon by broader society. They fall in love with people who understand their unique thoughts and feelings and allow them to fully be themselves. They must also have partners who understand that they need their freedom and space and who don't attempt to suffocate or like cling to them in any way or change them in any way. <clears throat> freedom is key here. And it brings out the sense of loyalty and love in these people. Um, if they're given enough space and autonomy to do as they please, they'll just become incredibly loyal to that other person or people if they're in like a poly relationship, which they might be. They can easily attract friends into their lives and make very understanding friends. But there is a tendency here to conform to the needs of their friends in order to be part of the group, in order to gain acceptance from others. And in fact, they might deeply harbor a fear that they are not accepted by others or just feel fear feeling unaccepted even though they themselves are very accepting of other people they can be be very adept at influencing others and they're humanitarians with high ideals and if they deny their own morals to please other people it's gonna backfire so just don't do that <laughs> if you have misplacement their parents might have been oblivious to the issues and needs of other people and for that reason these people grow up with a sense of what other people need to feel accepted and to belong and are very attentive to that. And these people may be seriously empathetic and need to learn to have strong boundaries so they can distinguish their own emotions and thoughts from those around them. And finally, if you have Pisces or Neptune in the eighth house, these people meld their sexual love with spiritual love. Love is pure, unconditional, passionate, and sexual all at once for these people. They find sexual love through soul connections with others. They won't be so caught up in the physical, mental, or even emotional aspects so much as the spiritual, which is key for them. These people will experience their long-term sexual relationships and experiences in a way that transcends into the spiritual realm. For them, connection to their lover is like a connection to the divine and the universe and collective by extension. They have crazy intuition and will know when your partner is lying or will see the unseen through the eyes of others. Their sensitivity in love is acute and they will always sense if something is off or wrong. However, their capacity for compassion and forgiveness is seemingly endless. If this mystical connection is not present for them, they won't be satisfied, even if the physical attraction is strong, which is wild. These people are also very romantic, dreamy, and may have fantasies they want to fulfill to keep things interesting and otherworldly. Um, <clears throat> this placement often indicates a tendency to underestimate the power of their own mind and subconscious in their everyday life. When their mental state is in a good place, it's kind of like having Gemini in the eighth. When their mental state is good, they have incredible powers of manifestation, creativity, and imagination. However, in a bad state, 
they can manifest their own personal hell, wreaking destruction and darkness on themselves and possibly everyone around them. The lesson here is to be conscious of the subconscious and to melt the human mind and divine worlds. These people are very creative and imaginative and will need to take care of their inner world rather than running away from it. The key here is to find acceptance of their own subconscious thoughts and emotions, to find peace within them and not deny or repress them. Only then can spiritual liberation and joy be achieved. And finally, um, magical workings in the eighth house. So I didn't do magical workings for the other houses so far, but I feel like I must do it for at least the eighth house, which is rolling over the occult and witchcraft and magic. Um, just because it is a very magical house and it's a great house to look to for transformation. So anything's possible in the house of witchcraft and the occult. Um, but it is a great place for money manifestation for couples and long-term business partnerships, sex magic for couples or deep intimacy and connection, self-transformation workings, and rituals for grieving, releasing and letting go, and sacrifice. All right, that's everything about the eighth house. I hope this helped you understand the eighth house a bit more and all of the placements um, and planets that you might possibly have here and what it can mean for you. And um, yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know. Hit me up on social media. I'm on Instagram at Astrology Witch Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Astro W Podcast. I'm on Facebook. Uh, we have the Astrology Witch Facebook page. And I just started a Facebook group called Astrology Witches. So if you are interested in connecting and discussing transits there, that would be lovely. Um, and I'd love to see you over there and chat with you also. And I also have a Patreon. So if you do feel like you want to support me and get exclusive perks and content uh, and access to ad-free episodes, then I'd love to see you over on Patreon. It's just patreon.com slash astrologywitchpodcast. Um, and the links will be in the show notes. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you're doing well. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.